Well, I would say welcome to having a baby because that's exactly what it's like. You're disturbed from your slumber and you got to be ready for battle. This epic dragon that won't shut up and you're like, what do you need, dragon? How do I slay thee? And then you slay the dragon and then two to three hours later, the dragon's cousin comes back and is like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's kick this off. Welcome to another episode of Are You Ready for Another? It's the ongoing conversation about life, beer, and what lies ahead. Well, I'm Michael Moyer. And I'm Kevin Murphy. Okay, Kevin, I'm kicking off tonight with a very fun beer. Um, it is called Guns and Rosé. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is by the Oscar Blues Brewery. I'm not sure where they're out of. Like, it's hard for me to see their can because it's a very black can. Yeah. It's out of Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. But, um, <laughs> I, I don't know if this is their normal slogan, but at the top of the can and around the rim of the can, it says, don't believe the florist. <laughs> um, <laughs> when in doubt, pink out. Or pinky okay. out. Okay. So um, I'll have to read a little bit more about it. But right now, I have a little bit of a cold. So okay, um, my taste buds are a little out of whack. I'm not a huge fan of it right now. So I yeah. think I'm going to yeah. have to try this again down the road. It's definitely a save for later beer when I'm not, you know, I've uh-huh. got the full function of my mouth. But uh, what yeah. are you drinking tonight? Uh, yeah. So tonight I have a, a Goose Island. Um, it's called Next Coast IPA. Um, and the kind of the, the reason why I picked it out is so traditionally, um, Goose Island has always been in bottles and this particular IPA, um, not sure how long it's, it's been out, but it's, it's in cans. And I was like, huh, Goose Island in a can, this looks interesting. So, so I picked it up, but, um, the, the taste so far is, is pretty good. It's, um, it's not too too crazy of an IPA, so it just has a nice kind of balanced uh, taste to it. So I was going to say, um, <laughs> when uh, when we first kicked off the show, I definitely had a, oh my God, I almost just about spilled my beer <laughs> moment. What, ha- what happened? I was reaching for it, and it kind of like slipped out of my hand a little bit, but I like I caught it. So like, you know, there was only a little bit that like sprayed yeah. out, but I Did- was just like, oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> clean up on aisle three did you feel really awesome when you caught it though you were like yeah i wish someone could have witnessed yeah (laughs) there was one time i I think you might have been there um because i think it was when we were living together okay and we were at a bar and Uh we were with our other roommate at the time and her brother was there and with a few of their friends and they were stacking beer bottles on top of each other okay and they were balancing pretty well, right? Uh-huh. Like, but nobody was close enough to actually catch them if they fell. Like, and I think these were full beer bottles, so it wasn't right. empty or anything. Right. And they had two or three, and I think it was the third one up at the top, and it just started falling. And I was just like, if ever in a moment I had the reflexes of a cat, uh huh, was in this moment is like I immediately grabbed the bottle before it spilled. <laughs> And I remember the one girl there was, was like super impressed, and I was just like, right in my right. mind looking at her. I was like, "Yeah, that's right. I've got the reflexes <laughs> of a cat when it comes to beer." <laughs> yeah. 
which is not true at all because <laughs> I, I spill beer all the time. <laughs> and I'm actually surprised I haven't spilled it on my uh, uh, desk yet while we've been recording. But. Right. <laughs> so I don't I don't remember. So were they stacking them like one on top of another? Is that how they were doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just long neck bottles, you know. And, and they probably weren't full. They were probably half yeah, full or something. But yeah. there was definitely beer in some of them and stuff. And right. I don't know. But, it man. was a, a stupid thing, you know, like, hey, let's <laughs> entertain ourselves. And <laughs> right. Let's <laughs> let's stack up glass bottles because what could possibly go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it makes you think of, like, how many games have been, been invented because of drinking alcohol. Right. Right. Like, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is called Three Stick'em Shoot-Up piled high uh-huh. or you uh-huh. know like <laughs> yeah like the idea of quarters did quarters come before people were drinking alcohol or did it come right. after you know right i love i love how like cornhole and maybe maybe it was just uh it was a a game before it was synonymous with drinking but i love how like it's like super like there's like pro teams and stuff for cornhole. Like it's, it's like a big, a big time sport. And, um, it's just like the first time I ever saw it, everybody was just like drinking beer and, and throwing these bags into the <laughs> hole. And then like all of a sudden you have like teams and stuff competing in, in championships of cornhole. It's just, yeah. That don't necessarily involve drinking. It's like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. It was yeah. the cornhole was secondary to, the ability to get alcohol right. into your body. Right. I'm sure there's probably debates on the origin of cornhole. And it was like, no, it started back in you know the 1950s in this university. And this other university is saying that it was theirs and stuff. But yeah. I, I, th- I think we need to go to the one true source. And that is Wikipedia. Yeah. We all know that that's <laughs> accurate all the time. <laughs> Let's do some research, and by research, I mean we're Googling it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which I, I read a stat somewhere, and it was probably provided by Wikipedia, which would be funny, but um, that Wikipedia, uh, somebody actually did a uh, comparison between Wikipedia's accuracy and um, okay. like other encyclopedias, and it was actually more accurate, and it's mainly because it's evergreen, right? Um, you buy an Encyclopedia Britannica book, and it's out of date, you know, right. already once it goes to print. But Wikipedia right. has the ability to be like, nope, that person died today uh, three hours ago, you know. Huh. And obviously there's there's brigading, like people will change a Wikipedia page. But yeah. There's yeah. so many people that care about that information being accurate that they will like, especially for popular pages, will monitor that page because huh. they're like, that's my topic. Yeah. I know what yeah. cornhole is. If somebody ever changes it, like <laughs> I'm changing. You know, I'm sure um, you know, our uncle Mark has a Wikipedia page. I'm sure there's uh-huh. probably not anyone monitoring his page other than maybe him you yeah. know, like to make yeah. sure it's accurate. So we probably could uh deface it if we wanted to. But uh yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I just I just wonder like um like celebrity Wiki- Wikipedia pages. Like I wonder is that all just like fan driven, curated? Yeah, so Wikipedia is kind of strange and they, they they might have changed it. Adam Curry was the originator of the concept of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um like in the early 2000s, I think it was 2004. Okay. Um cuz the podcast really is this RSS uh reader, right, that was created uh-huh. by somebody. And then Adam Curry was like, "Hey, that would be a great 
way to like distribute content, right? Somebody just subscribes to the RSS feed, uh huh, which I think stands for really simple uh, syndication or something or, or something along those lines. But that's all it is. Is it's just like, hey, this this, this syndication file, right? And and if you look at our RSS feed, it's just text. It just says episode one. It's episode two, etc. And so uh-huh. all of our podcast uh-huh. platforms just view it that way. Um, but uh, I remember, anyways. <laughs> wait, what? Way too long of a story short. Adam Curry on the podcasting page, like ten years ago or something, wanted to update it, and he updated the podcasting page. But on his own Wikipedia page, his own page that's okay. talking about his life, uh-huh. he was not able to update his. He could update the podcasting page that said he did this in two thousand four or whatever, but on his own page, he was not allowed to do it. And and I think the reasoning is is like it, it's to create an unbiased approach to you don't have people editing their encyclopedia britannica entries right like mm-hmm. it's like people yeah. doing research and saying no we, we found verifiable proof that you did this on this day this this day it's not you trying to remember that you did it on this day right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so he uh, got in trouble for that so back to your celebrity thing i think i think it's weird um because other people create it for you right um, yeah, if you're big enough, and then if you get caught by the Wikipedia overlords, you get like smacked down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris Pratt, you are not allowed to say that you're six, the sexiest man alive, sixty years yeah, in a row. You're right. Uh, but anyways, here on this uh, cornhole history, man, cornhole's page is actually longer. <laughs> Longer than I thought it would be. The game described in Hellinger die Witz 1883 patent for Poller Quiots. Quats? Quiots? Q U O I T S. Quats? Okay. I don't know. Everybody's yelling at us right now. It's like, it's. But, uh, anyways, in 1883, displays most of the features of the modern game of cornhole, but with a square hole instead of a round one. Okay. So. <laughs> 1883, this guy invents cornhole. It goes into obscurity for a long time. Yeah. Some kid sees his great-grandfather playing it, and he's like, man, that game's stupid. And then he starts drinking, and like one of his friends comes over and is like, hey, that looks fun. And he's just like, yeah, it's a stupid game. And he's like, you know what would make this game even better? Square holes are really hard to cut accurately. You know, it's a lot easier to just cut a circle with a, uh-huh. one single bit. Let's just uh-huh. make it a circle. And he's like, yeah. boom. <laughs> <laughs> but then it does say the modern version started up in the, like, the mid-70s uh, around Chicago. And it spread from there across campuses and stuff. So, huh. you, you know there has to be some douchey bro out there that's just like, I invented cornhole when I was at Stanford University in 1992. All right. Well, anyways, that was a long way of, of getting to the topic to tonight, but I think we're going to talk about video games. Just to kick it off, what kind of video games do you like to play, Kevin? The last game that I've been, like really put some time into was was uh, Forza Horizon 3. Don't you mean 4? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Forza Horizon 4 is, is the current one that I'm playing. What I like about that game is, is, is you can kind of just, like there's races and stuff, that you can do, but you can kind of just like go out and and do whatever you want, and that's why I always really liked Grand Theft Auto is is just the the open world feel of like oh I want to go over there I want to go over there, um, 
so yeah i enjoy like those kind of open world driving type of games like that's probably my my yeah. favorite type of game that that i like to play now to give some context forza horizon 4 takes place in uh is it all of england or is it just around london so it's it's going to be Great Britain, which includes like Scotland oh, and, and nice. like North okay. North Wales and stuff like that. So. Yeah. So so people that don't know, yeah, like you're literally they they do map it pretty accurately. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like they have um they have Edinburgh, which is in Scotland. Like that's a city that's in the game, and but they also have like you know countrysides that are seen like more in like the southern part of Britain. And, yeah. Yeah, I just remember you playing um, Midtown Madness, and I remember it looking so amazing. Um, yeah. I, I would love, and I know if I go back to it, um, it wouldn't look as great, right? Um, right, right. <laughs> I would love to have Forza in Washington, D.C. Yeah. You know, yeah. just because now I, I don't know Washington great by any means, but living there for a bit. It would just be cool, you know, and be uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, they got this. And, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. where we did this and stuff. Right. Because <laughs> I remember when the Nintendo 64 came out in 96, um, it came with two games, or two games came out. <laughs> it was Super Mario 64 and Pilot Wing 64. And Pilot Wing 64 had, like, a mini United States as your map that right. you would fly over. Uh-huh. And... It would just be hilarious. Like when you'd be in the Midwest, there was like one barn or something. You know, I mean, this was you know twenty yeah. some years ago, so <laughs> the technology really couldn't do it. You'd, yeah. you'd literally see the Empire State Building, and then you'd fly for a minute and a half, and then you know see the Golden right. Bridge. Right. But just progressively, how that stuff has gotten better. Midtown Madness showing Washington D.C., and then now Forza Horizon Four is almost down to the block. Yeah, accuracy. Yeah, like they ha- they've actually um, some people. I think it was maybe on the the Reddit, the Forza Reddit, but uh, they've done um, Google satellite pictures and then put like the um, the map of the the game, and there are very like um, it's a, it's not like um, a, a, an exact copy, but it's just like. You know the the road might do this like little weird like loop de do thing, and you you can definitely tell the game designers was like looking at you know real satellite imagery to like kind of map out like how the roads are going to you know kind of flow through the game. Yeah. So I I thought that was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, that's it, I don't know. It's just it's a wild time to be in because in another twenty years you're probably going to be able to drive into your backyard uh-huh. right and they'll be like yep there's my fence and there's my tree and, <laughs> and it's it's just kind of wild you know that 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 it's it's come that far <laughs> yeah yeah there was actually a really funny um i think it was on last week's episode of snl um but the the guy was getting ready he he like put on an oculus and was getting ready to play this game and so, like, when he put on the Oculus, it, like, it, he immersed himself in the game, but um, it, the 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 game was like the SNL, the the castmates, but they were they were all NPCs that just wouldn't shut up. 
and he's just like i i want to go kill zombies and and like every time he would like go around a corner like there'd be like another npc coming and be like oh hey you know like uh you know like let's talk some more and it was it was pretty funny but it also reminded me of like man there's games that look that good. like it was real people acting this but i'm like there's games like that that look like that good you know <laughs> When was what was the the last game do you think you played that where you felt like you could like just really clock out zone out and just like really put put some time into? I would probably say it was Breath of the Wild that came out with the Nintendo Switch. Okay, Katie and I had settled into our work life. We had settled into our rhythm of we moved back to Ohio. We had a house. The house was kind of in order. There was no yeah. kid. There was no uh-huh. kid on the horizon at that point. You know, so it was it was definitely I mean, there's a difference between when 16 year old Michael would spend a Saturday playing a game from 7 a.m. until, you know, midnight. (laughs) Yeah. And and mid 30s, Michael playing Breath of the Wild. I don't think I I can ever do that again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I might do it in three or four hour chunks, which is a huge amount of time for me right now. Be like, man, I can't believe I just played this game for four hours. Right, right. Um, But that was probably the last one. And I mean, I I haven't looked at my hour count, but I'm sure it's over 200 hours um, in that game. But one of the the things that it did differently that I think is you have this sense of urgency with open world games, like any any quest, right? You're you're, um, Frodo going on the quest to... Uh, take the the ring to mount doom uh-huh, right uh-huh imagine that's the video game version and he's like you got to go to mount doom and then at, on his way to mount doom there's somebody in a town that's like hey can you help me pick grapes from my field <laughs> and you're like sure and so yeah. imagine if frodo just did that right like was like right. oh i'm gonna pick grapes and stuff and <laughs> And that's what all these open world games kind of do, where it's like you have a goal. Oh, there's this impeding doom. You have to go defeat it. And yeah. but it's like, well, yeah, you 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 can't do that yet. So you got to go help like this farmer out and pick some right. berries or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> the one thing that Breath of the Wild did that was just kind of like, duh, why hasn't anybody done this before? Is there's the castle. There is the evil that is being held back by Princess Zelda. You can go try and fight that evil right now. Like, you can run. It'll take you 10 minutes to run there. Yeah. Like you can see it uh-huh. in the background. It'll take you 10 minutes to run there, but it's going to be really difficult because there's all these things, bad guys, everything around. Okay. And people have. People have beaten it, beaten the game in 25 minutes or something, right? And, it, and it's one of these things where in the game lore you don't want to go there because you know you're not strong enough, right? Like, you you can't go defeat Ganon Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. You have to build up your strength, and the way to build up your strength is by performing these tasks and, you know, doing quests and stuff so that you can gain more, you know, all this stuff. And so they wrap the reason why you skip going right to Mount Doom into an actual (laughs) gameplay element, which is just kind of brilliant, you know? I loved, 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 loved... When I was playing the game, it was up to me to be like, am I ready now to go beat the game? You know, there was no like waiting for the next cutscene to be like, yeah, okay, yeah. now you can go. And it was it's, it was such a small change that I've experienced from other open world games that was so refreshing because it was like, I at that certain point, I really wanted to go beat it. I was like, oh, I know I can beat him now. I know I can. But right. I was like, but I kind of want to do everything I can possible before uh-huh. I go beat him because I feel like once I beat him, it'll be quote unquote over. 
Yeah. You know, and I didn't uh-huh. want to ruin that for him. And then I beat him and then I put another hundred hours into it. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but I think like that's probably the the most recent, like just be really engrossed in a video game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I play quite a few games and I think like recently, I wouldn't call it engrossed, but like something that like is on the back of my mind when I go to bed, I'm like, oh, what am I going to do in that tomorrow is a game called Stardew Value. Or, excuse me is a game called Stardew Valley. Essentially, the guy that designed this game, it's one guy, he did the entire game himself. He was disappointed where Harvest Moon was going, like with PlayStation 2 or something in the early 2000s. Okay. So he was like, man, they really need to make Harvest Moon like they were going in the direction, but modernize it. So like six or seven years ago, he just started designing his own game. And he's done everything. He did the graphics, he did the music, he did just everything and it's kind huh. of become this massive well massive for an indie title for one person yeah, but yeah. a massive hit and it's on everything it's on every platform and it just it's constantly in the top 10 of every platform just because people keep buying it and stuff it's like 10 right. or 15 bucks and it's one of those games where i've put off buying just for like a year since it's been on nintendo switch because i was like i don't know it's 15 dollars, and it, will i like it and I know everybody's like, oh, my God, I've invested, like, 150 hours in this. And I'm like, do I need another game that I invest that much in it? Yeah. <laughs> but what, but what's great about it is it's day and night cycle is when you go to sleep, that's when it saves. So you could literally okay. just do a day of farming and then come back a week later and pick up where you left off. It's not – there's not this urgency, right, of the, oh, I got to yeah. save the princess or the world or Right, right. And it's just this, like, really calming – so I'll, I'll just sometimes when – um, my daughter's like sleeping in my arms. I'll just have the Nintendo Switch, and I'll just be like planting some watermelons. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you were into The Sims for a bit, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted. Well, so I played The Sims on PC, and I want to say it was maybe The Sims Three. Um, but then I. Uh, I want to say a, several months ago, I got it on Xbox, and I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to like this playing it on console, but uh, it's just crazy, like just the amount of stuff you can do in, in the game now. Like it, it, you, it used to be. I remember when I first started playing, you kind of were just like stuck to like where your house was, and that was it. And like you would go off to work, and then like time would just, uh, you know, elapse really quickly. But now it's like you can visit other people's houses and you can go to the gym and meet friends at the gym and like all, all of this crazy antics stuff. But um, yeah, I played it for a bit. Um, mainly I just built shit because that's what I like to do with the Sims is I like to like build houses and stuff like that. But but yeah, that's a- that's funny. Is it the Sims 4 that you got for Xbox? Yeah. Yeah. It's Sims 4. <laughs> So they have all kinds of things now. They have like animals. You can have like pets, like pet cats and dogs, and you got to feed them and all of this stuff. And do they die if you don't feed them? I'm I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. <laughs> but man, the the Sims have been around since that first one came out in 2000. Wow. Oh man, that's almost 20 years that this I know has been out. That it, is and, crazy. And know what? Know what's crazy? Is this? This is kind of what led me to. Uh, actually buying the sims 4 for xbox is because they i went down this rabbit hole one day 
there are YouTubers that all they do is they build houses and they're like, their houses are amazing. Like they, I don't know if they look at like real home design or something, (laughs) but, but then they, they speed up the video because I mean, some of these home builds take like 20 hours or 24 hours or something like that. So they speed up the build uh, and then they, they just like voice over like what they were doing and like the different things. And, you know, oh, I, I chose to do this room this way and all of that stuff. But yeah, like they, it's just insane. The amount of like detail that some of these houses like they create with these houses. It's just like, it's, it, I, I just started like watching these videos one day and I was just like, ah, that's, that's what I want to do. <laughs> Holy free holies. Yeah. I just shared a link. Um, this person is building their dream house and yeah, it's pretty intense. I mean, this yeah. is a legit house. <laughs> right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, like are, are these people like architects in real life? Because, you know, I mean, <laughs> they probably hand, hand their Sims, uh, design over to an actual architect. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you build this for me? These, right. These, youtubers that make millions yeah. of dollars <laughs> but yeah like some of the yeah some of the the stuff that they they do it's just amazing like there's all kinds of like hacks and mods and stuff uh-huh. because there's like different like um you know the game has like different parameters of like what you can actually do and like people people find a way to get around them and stuff it's just it's it's amazing I don't think I've ever asked you this before. Did you ever have any trouble like sleeping or nightmares or anything like that? Like when you were playing Resident Evil and all those horror game, horror survival games. So not with Resident Evil. And I don't, I think the reason is, is I'm inherently not scared by zombies. You know, it doesn't okay. stick with me or monsters yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there was definitely scary parts in that game, but like it's in the moment where I'm scared. Like I'm like, oh crap, you know what's happening? Yeah, so, you're right. But then there'll be like psychological horror games, like Silent Hill and stuff, that are a little more like in your head. Uh, yeah. About like, wait, was that thing there? Or you know, like you'll turn and there'll be like a window and you uh-huh. see something behind the window, but then when you look back, it's gone. That I'm stuff. Right. It, it, because that can happen in real life, right? Like you uh-huh. could be looking at a window and you think you see something. And then you're like, oh wait, there's nothing there. But was there something right. there? <laughs> you know, like right. And and Resident Evil never did that. It was always like, oh, I know there's a monster. I know there's monsters everywhere. It's just when are they going to jump out? But some of those psychological yeah. horror things can, you know, get with me. And it's not that I I go to bed being like, ooh, scared or something. But my dream might include it, right? Like yeah. I might have a dream yeah. that I saw something, and then I'll wake up and I'll kind of have, have this phasey feeling of like did that actually happen or, you know, right. Right. Strange. Yeah. 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 It's like, sometimes you have those dreams and, and those emotions transfer over. Like Mm -hmm. when you wake up, you know, there's, there was, and there's been a a couple of times, but, um, I've been having like really intense dreams and I start yelling out in my sleep. Oh, wow. And, um, (laughs) one time I was just like, fuck you like that like out loud and it woke melissa up and she's just like what's wrong and i was and i was just like ah oh, i'm dreaming you know but yeah it's 
so I can't imagine like playing some of those games because I think it it would I think Melissa would probably be like, all right, you're sleeping in another bed tonight because I can't handle you shouting out in your sleep. <laughs> um, have you ever heard of the Tetris effect? Uh, no, I, I don't think I have. So it 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 stems from I'm sure it happened before Tetris came out, but like it happened so much with Tetris that people call it this but it's like you play a game so much that you think about it like a lot okay like but you also think about how you would beat it and then it stems to your dream so you actually feel like you're playing it in your dream okay and so imagine tetris with the blocks and everything and so you'll be dreaming and you'll be playing tetris so much during the day that you actually when you dream you'll be like oh i'm still playing tetris and you're like right all these awesome right things and stuff but it's like stemmed to like a lot of things, uh, not just Tetris. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, when you're t- t- telling that story, like why you probably shouldn't play scary games and stuff. It's like, you know, I wonder if that happens with horror games where it's like you have a chainsaw or something and you wake up and you'd be like fake chainsawing Melissa because yeah. you're, like, you're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so in my in my dream that I I yelled out um I I was dreaming that somebody was breaking in like breaking into our house and like they had broken through the door and they were like um like coming in and so like I was like at the top of the stairs like essentially like you know, puffing myself up, being like, you know, get out of here, all of this stuff. And so that somehow that transferred over to like actually me verbalizing it. Like I, I guess Melissa was saying like, I was just like moving around a lot and just, but it sucked because like that, that, like that intensity was still with me even once I woke up. Oh yeah. 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 Now do you think anything caused that dream to happen? Like, did you have anxiety the day before or anything, or did you just think it was a like a random dream? <laughs> um, I yeah, I don't know. I I I'm sure there was some correlatal instances with just life and and you know dealing with the stresses of life um, that probably transferred over or something. But yeah. um, but I think I think that is like also kind of like something that I've. Um, I don't want to say it gives me anxiety, but I would say that would be kind of like a, a, a pretty big fear of mine, like someone intruding into your home at nighttime when you're sleeping, Yeah, you know, because all of a sudden you're like roused from this, this sleep. And then you like all, you know, you got to go to battle, you know, Uh or at least in my, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, you got, you got to defend your, your castle, you know, you gotta, you gotta fucking Uh put up a fight. So I don't know. Well, I would say welcome to having a baby because that's exactly what it's like. You're disturbed from your slumber and you got to be ready for battle. This epic dragon that won't shut up, and you're like, "What do you need, dragon? How do I slay thee?" And then you slay the dragon, and then two to three hours later, the dragon's cousin comes back and is like, "Wow!" <laughs> <laughs>
So my beer tonight is North High Brewing, and it's called The Final Countdown, <laughs> double IPA. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. And you know what? So I I, I had this beer the other night um, just because I wanted to try it, and um, it's like 9.8%, so it, it, it hits you it hits you hard. <laughs> it hits you hard. Hard. Have you been watching Jack Black? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I've been hit, I've been hit Jumanji's been hitting me hard. <laughs> I don't even know how he says it. <laughs> uh, so, how is it? It's delicious. I I think it tastes really good. Yeah, <laughs> I I need. So I feel bad for for the listeners that maybe would want to know more about a beer than just it tastes good um so i i would like to get some other words in my vocabulary so i'm working on that so so if there's any listeners out there (laughs) mike um that you you want to know more about the beer i'm 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 working on it all right so. so kevin you have a mac right yeah all right so uh pull up a search you know command spacebar Okay. And then search the word good, like in that little window that pops up. Okay. And then scroll down, and you should find a little definition uh, box. But now that you're there, you can open up the source. (laughs) (laughs) Look at all these other words. You could just pull this up each episode. You could be like, "Eh, it's pretty fine. Yeah, Yeah. it's quality. Yeah, it's excellent. (laughs) It's superb, outstanding, (laughs) magnificent, exceptional, marvelous, wonderful, first rate, first. Boom, right there, listeners. Kevin's going to have a new world of <laughs> descriptions for his beer. Yeah, this this beer has a unique um uh a, what is the um the aftertaste? The so it has a very unique like kind of aftertaste to it. But I think that's that's the part that I that I like the most about this. We're going to look up this thing. There's got to be a uh... Here we go. For a clear description of the sense, they divided the descriptors into two components. And this is the uh, beer tasting, judge, judging mouthfeel. Okay. So you have the sting. First component is the sting, sudden, sharp sim- stimulation, a biting sensation. Bubble size, small type bubbles are usually a sign of natural carbonation. Large bubbles may be a sign of artificial injection or carbon, carbon monoxide, <laughs> of carbon dioxide. Descriptives are creamy, champagne-like, or rocky. (laughs) Foam volume. The style of beer dictates the appropriate volume of foam. Uh, For example, full in the mouth or thin. (laughs) This just sounds like porn descriptions. Uh, And then total CO2. This may be artificially infused or may have a product of the process. Now, the second component is the density, the thickness within the body of the beer. This is usually described as light, medium, full-bodied. The viscosity, internal friction with the liquid caused by molecular attraction, which may makes it resist the tendency to flow. This is often associated with a long finish. Mm. Um, stickiness, the tendency to cling to the tongue, described as cloying effect. This just sounds too pretentious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like your, it tastes pretty good, Kevin. I think it yeah. <laughs> tastes pretty good. Yeah, tastes t- taste pretty good. I, I'm going to bring you one of these down um, this weekend because it's it's unique. It tastes, it tastes, it tastes, good but in a unique <laughs> way <laughs> uh it's funny yours is the final countdown because my beer is you're in the jungle 
Oh, baby. Ah. <laughs> By Jackie O's. It's a collaboration between Jackie O's and Evil Twin Brewing. Um, okay. <clears throat> this actually is You're in the Jungle, baby, with coffee. Very dark. 14.4%. Wow. It is an imperial stout brewed with honey, aged in bourbon barrels, conditioned on coffee, cacao nibs, vanilla beans, pasilla chiles, and orange peel. And that might sound like way too many things, but it is a very good combination, and it's very smooth, and you can definitely taste that coffee portion of it. And so I think you would like it. This is definitely a sharing beer, you know, like it comes in a... A normal long neck bottle, but definitely shared right. between you know two or three people. But of course right. tonight, it's all me, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if we've ever talked about this. But do you have a favorite video game? That's kind of hard to to think about um, because it could be ones that I spent a lot of time with, but it also could have been um, kind of the most memorable. I, I will say that there's two distinctions there there. I would say there's the most memorable ones. And usually those memories are attached to the, to the people that I was with. So like some of the video games that I, I watched you play that I didn't even at particular play. Um, you know, those, those memories stand out with me a lot. And I, that's why I kind of see why people, like to watch other people play games is because Mm -hmm. you know it's like well you're not necessarily playing it but you're kind of getting the the sense of of uh you know the game yeah just by watching it well and to give some like background especially 25 years ago when we were playing these games right yeah is i had some weird stick up my butt that i was not allowed to use a game guide i don't know why where that came from <laughs> like, uh-huh. i felt like it uh-huh. was cheating um because then i would just have my head in the guide the whole time you know of like oh what do we do here oh we just go left we just go right right and even though i was technically the one inputting the movements in some of those games you were like in the best way like possible being a back or a passenger seat driver of being like oh no no wait like look go there go you know yeah and it, yeah. but that was helpful in those moments like wait where were we at and then you're like no go there and to this day to this day dear listener whenever i come to a fork in the road in a video game i hear 12 year old kevin going right is always right <laughs> And it's to the point where every time I go left, because I'm like, no, fuck you, 12-year-old Kevin. I'm going left. Uh, it'll end horribly. And so I always yeah. have to listen to young <laughs> Kevin telling me to go right is always right. And so I go oh, right. Oh, man. <laughs> See, I, I feel like I have a bunch of like moments. Um, I never really played games. Like, you were more of a game completer than what I would say I was ever um, but I always have all these different moments of, of certain games. So like, for instance, like playing, um, golden eye and just like, I remember at the time we had a game shark, um, and the game shark allowed you to cheat. And so like, we just like stacked up all these proximity mines, just like they were sticking like nine feet out from the wall. So like, like things like that, like just stick out of my head. Um, you know, playing Mario Kart and like playing the freaking what? What was the um, 
block. Oh, the blo- <sighs> box level. Yeah, the box level, and we had like nine gazillion turtle shells going on at at the bottom, <laughs> like where where you couldn't even you couldn't even go down. And it ended up being like a 35 minute match because, you know, like neither one of us could actually like go anywhere because we both had one balloon. Um, yeah. I- so, yeah, I have a, like all these just like small moments of, of, of games like that. Halo, the original um, game came out and there was a service. So Xbox. No, you couldn't. So Xbox Live was was around but that game you could not play on xbox live right so so there was this little uh uh service called uh it was called what xbox connect oh yeah that it yeah i think so um (laughs) so i still remember to this day uh my xbox was upstairs um in my parents house and our computer and internet router was downstairs so and that was that was before like wi-fi was really i mean wi-fi was around but like the the routers were expensive and and the xbox you couldn't even really get good wi-fi to it i i think we had tried one time yeah. and, and and couldn't get it so i had this 50 foot ethernet cable <laughs> <laughs> running from the downstairs all the way to the upstairs i still remember that black cable <laughs> going up up the stairs so we could play yeah play uh the original halo so so we'll give some context so how this service worked was halo had a built-in four-player match and um you could have four controllers, one screen, and you, and you were split between four screens. I think if you connected um, through LAN play, I think you could have up to 16 players, like with multiple Xboxes, right? Like four right, different Xboxes, right. four TVs. Yeah. Um, but Brent and John are friends. Brent, <clears throat> But our friends Brent and Rich John, he was not rich at the time. He was just normal John. We just called him normal John. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They found, oh, hey, we can actually play online against other players. And how you did it was, yeah, you used this service. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was called Xbox Connect, not not the Connect that came out later for Xbox, but the Connect. Right. And um, you would, someone would be, you would have to connect it to your computer, and then Uh you'd use this program that would sync with it, right? Well... (laughs) Remember how good we were when we would play against people? Like, we would just decimate anyone else playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, just like we were gods yeah. in the Halo right. universe, where we wouldn't even shoot people. We would just hit them in the back of the head with our gun. When And so, <laughs> this is how we played Halo 1 online, is you would connect. And it gave me a false sense of how awesome we were at the game. Yeah, John and, and and Brent were always better Halo players than us. Um, even to this day, they're better, you know, shooter players. <clears throat> but like, it took Halo Two coming out and playing like officially playing online that I realized, wait a minute, why why am I not as good as I used to be? Yeah. Well, fast forward <laughs> when you were the person hosting the game. So if 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 Brent was the one saying, "Hey, I'm hosting this Halo match," those ping levels. 
and those connections that those other people wherever they're at over across the world had to connect to your computer first. And so our computer was right next to the Xbox. So all our movements were much faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it took me a while to realize, oh, wait, that's why we were so good is because we were the ones hosting the game. And so, of course, you know, like I can shoot somebody and, right. you know, the speed of light, it's directly connected to the computer. Well, that person connected to us has to connect to our computer from how, wherever the hell they are, you know? And so yeah, I, yeah. looking back, I was like, oh, we weren't that great. We were just like, it was a shitty service that was yeah. making us work around the system. Right? <laughs> yeah. And fast yeah. forward to like Halo 5 and I try and play online. And I'm just like, I just get decimated. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was, I was never that great at first person shooters, let alone the um, ridiculousness that is some some yeah. you know people's skills yeah it's i i love playing first person shooter um single player games um but i've just never been a huge multiplayer person yeah it's yeah. really fun and i like doing it but it's like i uh, brent and you know poor john at the time would ju- that's all they would play and they would play against each other initially. Like they, Brett would be in his room, John would be in his room, and they would get so serious. Remember how angry John would get when he would lose? <laughs> like, yeah. Rich John is such a nice, like, you know, somber, quiet guy. But when he gets animated, he gets woo, <laughs> you know, animated. <laughs> and I don't think any game would ever get more animated than the Halo series back in the day, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I would say my most memorable, I have to combine it with two memories, is, and they both involve Kevin, <laughs> is the first one, just because we were talking about Halo, is that giant TV that Kevin was talking about, is him dragging that from his upstairs bedroom at his parents' house putting it in his car and then driving down to Athens yeah. and then lugging it up into Brent and I's apartment. Right. And right. then we would play. <laughs> which, which by the way, I don't know if you remember this portion of, of that memory. So for our listeners, we had what we had Michael Brent and me all in one apartment, all playing yep. Halo on Xbox. Yep. And so, like, what? Like, Brent was in his room. No, 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 no. I, Brent, Brent and I had our two TVs in, in the main living room. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But we were... But, yeah, any, we're, but anyway, so I remember it was, it was very intense, <laughs> and and we were, we were playing Halo, but <laughs> the scat man was on repeat with the music because that was, like, our hype music or something. And I just remember at a certain point, Brett was getting so angry, and he was just like, "All right, I don't think Scat Man is doing it for us anymore." Because you just had it on repeat, didn't you? Just just like, yeah, it's yeah. the Scat Man. Scat, scat, and it's yeah, like, blah, blah, blah. so I just remember sitting there playing Halo, and then it just like, I'm a Scat Man. I'm a 
Yeah, so the second memory is also ties into Kevin. And I'll just forever remember this for a moment. And I, I don't know why this has stuck with me. But this game I've replayed in an HD remaster. And this moment happened. And I just crack up every single time. Okay. So the game is Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. And the moment... <laughs> so in the game... Well, let me step back. So this is one of those games when I would play and Kevin would just watch. This game came out in 2002 or 2003. Um, So I think you were either down in Athens or I was up at your house. I can't remember where it was when this happened. But um, I'm playing through the game. Kevin, you know, likes to watch, but super helpful, especially in Zelda games when there's lots of dungeons that have puzzles and stuff. Um, So... It's five in the morning or something. One of our nights where we're trying to stay up and I'm playing the game and stuff. You eventually fall asleep. And so I keep playing. Uh-huh. And I get to this point and you're trying to follow a character in the game without getting caught. Okay. And if the character catches you or well, if the character catches you, it's like you end the mission. <laughs> But if you get close enough and the character hears you, the character will be uh-huh. like, what, what, what's going on? And there's just this moment, and I think it was probably just five in the morning, uh, lack of sleep, uh, giddiness. But Link, the, the protagonist in the Legend of Zelda series, <laughs> hides behind something. And when she's like, who's there? He just goes, meow. <laughs> and all I remember is I thought it was the funniest thing. And I like wake Kevin up, who's been sleeping for like an hour or something. I'm like, Kevin, yeah. Kevin, you gotta watch this stuff. <laughs> and you were just like, what? What? Why did you wake me up? For the, like, <laughs> it's it's hard to discount moments like your mom playing Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, oh, there's just so many moments. There's so many flashes like that. It's like our our aunt Beth. Playing yeah. Super Metroid and owning the the like our aunt Beth, uh, dear listener, and Aunt Lisa, Kevin Kevin's mom, both were like cool video game parents that that played video games and stuff. Um, and I love Aunt Beth's philosophy where she would be like, hey, "I'll wait till the next generation." Then she buys the old generation because they're cheap. <laughs> and that's why probably, right. probably why Aunt Beth has more money than we do because she thinks that way. I'm like, eh, I'm right. not gonna pay full price on stuff. I'll wait till it's all marked down. And I'm like, no, I need the newest thing right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just I remember, you know, uh, Donkey Kong Country came out in what '94, and right. your mom was playing it, and it was just like it was the most hypiest of hyped games for the SNES at the time. Oh yeah, right. Like it had amazing graphics and. The soundtrack was amazing and all this stuff. And there's just so many flashes of each level, right? Because each level had, you know, secrets and bonuses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all I can remember is getting to the end of the game. I was like, nope, I'm out. I can't watch the ending. Like, I've wa- literally watched the entire yeah. game. <laughs> the entire game. <laughs> but like that last level, your mom was going to beat it. And I was like, nope, I can't watch it. Because I, I, uh, it came out in November. And that's when your mom got it. Right. And... I had asked for it for Christmas. So I had a whole month 
right? Before I was going to play it for myself. And what's funny is I do not have a single memory of me playing it myself at my house. Huh. Not a single one. I remember, like, years later, like, listening to the music in my house. But, like, yeah, yeah. experiencing each of those levels for the first time all comes from that time with your mom playing it, you know? Huh. And, the, and truthfully, these type of conversations is why um, I've linked a link to a post I made on my website that is just my top personal favorite video games of all time. But this, like, blog post, I, I, had, I had been... It's been sitting in a text file for probably about four or five years. And I was just like, I just need to publish it. I don't even care if I'm not the greatest writer. I know if people actually read my writing, they'd be like, ooh, that was mistake there, mistake there. But it was just like, yeah, I just wanted yeah. to get it out there. And so I had this blog post that I shared that is just my top five personal video games. Um, or my top five video games, but like it doesn't mean that they're the best video games of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, it, it just means for me, it's a combination of the most memorable, but also uh, I can go back to them at any point. I can turn on Donkey Kong Country, go to the water level, listen to music, play a level, and have fun for 10 minutes and be done. And that's what really boiled down to. Same with Super Mario 64. I, You, me, and your dad walking into Blockbuster. Do you remember that? And we sing it at that little kiosk. Yeah. And that was the first mm-hmm. time seeing it. And yeah. we were just like, oh, my God, this is the future. Like, the PlayStation right. had been out for that while, but a lot of the early PlayStation games just looked horrible. Um, and, like, the 3D doesn't work that great, but then Super Mario was like, nope, here's how you do a 3D world, you know? Right. It was just like, whoa. And, <laughs> and I still remember, I was just like, I, I felt like I couldn't get my um, my bearings because it's like, wait, wait, you can go in multiple directions. You're just not going <laughs> left or right. And do you remember waiting in line for the GameCube at, at Meyer? It was you, me. It was on November oh. 21st or 22nd. And there was like 10 of us. It was for yeah. the GameCube. And I bought it. I cannot believe. So I told that memory was just completely gone until you just brought that back up. But I, yes, I remember that now. I remember going to Meyer waiting in line for GameCube. Yeah. Yeah. And that w- that's crazy. Yeah. That was my first, um, you know, wait in line for. A thing and yeah, it was you yeah, and I, and it yeah. was like ten other nerds, <laughs> you know. At the right. Time. <laughs> and what was so funny about that night was I'm looking it up right now. So the GameCube was released in November 18th of 2001. So how old were you in 2001? So 2001, I would have been 
15. 15. So you're 15. Yeah. I'm 20, I think. Um, the, the Xbox had come out three days prior. So the Xbox at that time had been out for three days. So you could go in and get an Xbox anytime you wanted. But there's 10 of us waiting in the line at GameCube, and we're talking with other nerds and stuff, and it was just like this thing and stuff. And, and I remember contemplating, should I get the black GameCube or the, the purple one? And right. like, Even though the black one was like, quote-unquote more adult, I was just like, I kind of feel like I should just get the purple one because that's their, their official one. And there's a guy in front of us, and I don't know if you remember this, he goes up to the line, and everybody there is to get a GameCube. Yeah. This guy goes... Yeah, I want an Xbox. And everybody's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> This guy is probably the first troll that I remember seeing in real life. Like, he literally yeah. <laughs> waited in line for an hour and a half to get an Xbox in the line for GameCube. He could have gone right, right. at any point another time but he just wanted to like make this joke i think he was there yeah. with somebody else but he was just like and so he was like laughing when he grabbed it and stuff but so so that's my first um you know like memory of the xbox i knew it was coming out and stuff but but it's hard to remember how many systems came out in the 90s the atari jaguar yeah. the 3do uh-huh. the cdi the the apple pippin you know like there were so many competitors that came out yeah that it was just like oh is this going to just be another one of those but right but right. what the xbox had was halo like mm-hmm. if they didn't buy bungie i don't think microsoft it, they would have just been another flash in the pan system yeah right? but halo uh-huh. was so good and it was so hyped that it got people like craig and people like poor john at the time future rich john to buy the Xbox, and I remember being yeah. at at going over to their um, dorm room sophomore year, and they would just play, and I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll play," and you know, I'd get my butt kicked. And this is back when Craig was good at it. Um, Craig was really good at Halo for about six months, <laughs> and then he kind of like was like, eh, "I'm done," and then yeah. like Brent <laughs> and poor John just picked it up and stuff. But I remember being like, "Okay," because all I did was play the multiplayer, and I didn't really care for multiplayer uh, death matches like that. Yeah, they're fun, but that's all they'd want to play. And fast forward to you buy an Xbox. Now, do you remember when you bought an Xbox? Cause it was within those first few months after the GameCube came out. I, I'm going to say, I don't think I got it for Christmas. I probably got it for my birthday. So okay. for like February. Yep. Okay. But I do remember. So I didn't like first person shooters like at all. Like I, that like, that just was not my jam at the time. And I remember being maybe watching you play or, or, or being over. I just remember being so, so like intrigued by this game called Halo. And, and to be honest with you, I think it was probably the Warthogs. (laughs) I think it was just like, you get to get into these vehicles and you get to drive them around, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember I had a dream about it at, at one point, and I was just like, "I got, I, I got to buy it. Wow. Like, I got, I got to get it." Um, but yeah, to to say like what my memory was with with the 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 first uh, getting my Xbox, I I don't yeah. know. Probably right. It was probably for your birthday, so it was late February, early March, uh-huh. and we're just you know. I'm up there and you got an Xbox and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I've, I've played this before. Right. And I, 
I think you were just like, you know, like, why don't you just start playing it? Now, I never played the single player because I okay. only played the the um, co-op at that point with John huh. and Craig. Sit down to play it, and we beat it that night, right? Or I beat it with oh, you watching. Oh, yeah. We, we, yeah. we played the entire thing. That was a ten... Because it's, it's only an eight or nine hour game, right. quote unquote. Right. But like, yes. I remember... Holy shit. Like you... I feel like you were like opening up old boxes that I have not <laughs> like see Like they, they've been in the attic for, for this. <laughs> but yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Like I remember watching you play it. And like the whole flood, like when the flood was oh, first yeah, introduced, yeah. and we were like, "Oh, oh shit! What yeah. the shit is this?" You know, it's those memories that every single game on my list, I will just go back and pop in for five minutes, ten minutes, get that nostalgia injection, you know, right in the yeah. veins. But then, like sometimes, uh-huh. I'll end up and I'll be playing it for a few hours, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, there it goes." Right, you know, Halo is right. one of those. I I still think Halo One has the best music, bar none, of uh-huh. the Halo games. I I still remember. I mean, just the like you you think about it, like with with the first Halo, it's like you you load you load the 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 game in, you put the disc in the tray, and it has the introduction, and then that that freaking choir. Every single thing on my top five list, every single thing, I would rank all of these soundtracks as something that I could listen to. Donkey Kong Country, Super Mario 64, especially Dire Dire Docks. Halo Combat Evolve music, brilliant. Right, um, right. The, the choir scene, it's that that intro level, the silent cartographer. Um, it just got this cool like drum beat, you know, yeah. synth thing, and that I don't know. It's just awesome, and it, it felt like such an epic thing. It felt like you were on a musical journey 
right, that was equal to where you were at in the game. So each beat that something else revealed, the music upped the ante. Listening to Halo Combat Evolved, I didn't think like music could be topped. And then Metroid Prime did something completely different. Like it's not a soundtrack that I want to put on and be like jamming out in the car. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's the perfect soundtrack for an ambiance of playing that game. So number five on my list is Breath of the Wild, and that is the newest game on my list. Well, one of the things they did that the uh, musical director did was like the whole soundtrack will be piano up until these certain things that happen in the game. That's when it'll be for full orchestral music. And people like the joke is like, oh, they released a five disc um, soundtrack that I bought from Japan. It's all in Japanese. It's yeah. pretty cool I'll have to show it to you. And the joke was like, oh, I didn't know Breath of the Wild had that much music. Because the concept is it's the breath of the wild. You're in nature. There, there's nature everywhere. You need to be able to hear the crickets. So when you're searching for crickets for whatever quest, somebody's right. like, I need six crickets. Right. When you're in surround sound and you're walking, you're you're walking through grass and you, you pass a cricket and now it's in the back right speaker. And so you know, oh, I need to cut this grass right here behind me. Oh, there's the uh-huh. like that. That yeah. is what the game does, but it has these little like musical flourishes of just piano stuff. And and to me, when you're in the quote unquote dungeons, as a lot of people call them, that's when the orc the orchestration comes in. And okay. there was a moment in the game. You, you know, you're sol- solving all the puzzles of the quote unquote dungeon, and then you're going to go to the boss of the dungeon. Mm. And the build up music from when you finally f- solve the last part of that puzzle, 
to get to the boss was so like I don't know. It was just like perfect for like getting me ready to go fight this person. And it, it's not that it was just like amping me up like do 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 you know, but it was just like, oh, the music has changed. I don't want to go see the boss because I literally just want to sit here and listen to this for like five hours. It was like this perfect, perfect thing. And I I found the the one spot on the five disc set that is like 10 seconds because it's literally just a 10 second clip, but they would re- repeat it if you didn't go to the boss. Okay. But yeah. it was just like, I can't believe this 10 seconds of loop made me feel like so great about this game. It's always these memories that, yeah, again, they might not be the greatest games of all time. They're not perfect. There's flaws, et cetera, and stuff. But to me, those are the favorite memories and favorite moments I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And, like, with that in mind, I think we would be remiss if we didn't bring up World of Warcraft for you, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I would agree. I mean, I I think that is definitely a, a... giant <laughs> i mean hell it's still going and it's been out for like what 20 20 years or or not quite 20 years yet but um yeah i mean it's just i i i played the fucking shit out of that game <laughs> november 23rd 2004 is when it came okay, out so, 2004 so what 15 years i used to remember how much time i had logged <laughs> um but to to be honest with you, I don't I don't remember what that was. I don't know. I, I think it was like maybe twenty some days, something like that. But yeah, I mean, I I got I got sucked in like many people have done and <laughs> before. And what what year did you start playing? Uh, so I got um. Well, I got my iMac in 2006. It was Christmas of 2006. So that's when I started playing. Yeah. Um, Because I remember you were like, my boss plays this game. It was a coworker, but yeah, yeah, I did work with him, yep. Um, but anyways, I, I remember you're like, well, let's just see how well it runs on your new iMac. And so I was like, okay, you know, like, you know, just install this game. And then just all of a sudden it was like, ah, (laughs) what's funny to me is I started that job right before I graduated college, which was in 2005. So I think I started in April or May of 2005. Right. Uh And um, a coworker, his name was Brian. He is the one that was like really into World of Warcraft at the time. So at the time, it had only been out for, what, six months, seven months, which is yeah. crazy for me to uh-huh. think about. Because in my mind, I was like, I know about this game. Everybody's playing it. Joel was playing it. And I was like, well, it's too big for me to get into. He's like, just just try it. And so I, I got, you know, I think it was that June or July of 2005. I bought it. And here's what's funny about it. I was only putting in like two or three hours a night. 
right? <laughs> I was right. a very casual player. I, I just remember thinking, I'm missing so much, right? Because everybody's talking about the raids. Everybody's talking about everything else. Right. Uh-huh. And I was just like, I, I probably had easily 200 hours into the game. So so I just gushed all over Breath of the Wild, right? Um, and I had 200 hours in that game. War of the World of Warcraft, I wouldn't say I have that same af- affection for because I felt like I was missing out on so much, even though yeah. I was playing the game for hours at right. a time. And so when you started playing it, I was like, oh, maybe this is a- an instance where I can can join you, and I think I tried and stuff, and it just wasn't working. And then you just took off like a bat out of hell, yeah, <laughs> diving deep, you know. Right. Kevin got covered right. in the World of Warcraft blood, you know. Like he just was like <laughs> came out and was like, Bruh! and he was like for yes. the horde. <laughs> but yeah, like, and then I was like, well, nope, Kevin's gone. I can't join him anymore. Like. Yeah. like <laughs> Oh man! So what do you think? Yeah. How long do you think you played it for? It was 2006 to. Yeah, I played the well. I played the first expansion all the way through. Um, was that Burning Crusade? Am I remembering that yeah, correctly? Bur- yeah, Burning Crusade. So yeah, I I, I like I said, I, I think it was like twenty some days, thirty some days, something like that. Um, and and just for the people that don't really get it that's like continuous hours yeah, yeah. so so when when uh, i say yeah. that i played breath of the wild for 200 hours that's 200 hours of game time right um, right when kevin says 20 days that's 20 days of game time so that is right. a lot more than my 200 hours of breath of the yeah wild. <laughs> it was just one of those things where i just it was kind of it was kind of the the mixture of everything it was the fantasy this fantasy world it was um the open world experience that i talked about earlier where you just like oh let me go explore over there or you know like you i mean you have a set path but you don't really yeah um yeah and and also just like wait that's a real person playing the game too, which was something that was brand new to me as well. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, what do you mean that that's like someone from Colorado that's like <laughs> standing next to me playing? So I thought that, you know, that was kind of like that, um, you know, that was kind of cool about it too. So I think it was just a, a combination of, of, of things, but, but it was also like what they did right and and many games since then have followed is this idea that you're never really done you know you're you're always yep. striving to be a little bit better you get that next better piece of gear get that next whatever it's going to be you know and and that's why you see so many games now that have like just this constant constant push like even even forza horizon 4 has like weekly challenges and those weekly challenges can allow you to get these certain things like it's this just this constant going 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 i have to be the best i have to get this uh, Kevin, can you describe what an expansion is? Yeah, so basically it is something that you have to pay money for that allows you additional content inside the game. 
Um, so why I think this works so well is this, the, you, you, you hear the word uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. Yep. And basically, it's just like, well, I have to buy this expansion because all of my friends are going to buy it. And I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to miss out on the newest thing that's yeah. that's available. Um, and it's a huge freaking moneymaker because it's just like you don't you don't have to build a completely brand new game. You take the existing game, you add a little this and that to it, and boom, you you're you're generating more revenue. Yeah, like and and so. You bought the game originally for $60. Okay. Right. You pay $15 a month, and then the expansion comes out. It is, it's also $60, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was like full price. I've only... My, my uh, circle of players really has only ever been Brent, you, John, and a few other people, right? Uh-huh. But, yeah. but you actually embrace the... I have a guild. I'm a part of a guild... I'm right. going into this thing. So so what is a right. guild? Like yes, it could be all people you know in your circle, but in your instance it wasn't. It was people all over, correct? Right. Yeah. So it was it basically it was a um uh, like a group of people um that like all came together and depending on like what you wanted to do, like you know, everybody had different rules and stuff like that, but but basically, it 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 was complete strangers that you played with, um, and they could be like people who were from Europe and people who were from like you know, like I said, California and Colorado and Florida and you know, just all of these places. Um, but I remember at the time, so uh, when when I used to play. Um, there was never a way for voice chat, um, or to, to, to be able to talk. And with a lot of these uh, complex situations, you had to talk like there, there was just, you couldn't type it out fast enough. Um, so I remember using at the time it was called team speak. And so we would have these these voice chat these these separate voice chat programs that were running in the background while we were playing this game. That way we could communicate instructions and ideas and all of this stuff, you know, to each other in order to um, to to play the game as as much as we wanted to. Yeah, and and a good example of. Um of being able to communicate in some of these situations, right? Is you're going into battle, life or death situation in World War II. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the greatest examples of communication or miscommunication, whether it's real or not, and there's a story about what came out, is Leroy Jenkins. And <laughs> you want to describe uh, how Leroy Jenkins, what happens in the Leroy Jenkins thing? Yeah. So, so basically, everybody is kind of huddled around. So so when you're running these instances um you got, you kind of you you have very intense um uh parts of the instance and then you kind of get a little bit of a break and that usually that little bit of break is is kind of when you regroup you you know you fill your life back up you you strategize on on going forward 
Um, and so in, in this video, uh, basically the, the group is kind of all huddled around in the game and they're, they're talking on, on team speak of, of what to do. And, uh, and one of the, the guys, uh, deliberate or not, I, I, I still don't know if, if, if it was, um, just runs into the other room and yells Leroy Jenkins and for the people that don't know, basically once you kind of start a battle, there's no way to get out back out of it. You, you either, you either win or you die one of the two. And so like these, all these people were, were probably at this point, probably two hours deep into this instance. And he was just like, all right, let's do it. And he just runs into the room and they're like, Oh fuck, what did he just do? Because none of them were ready, and I'm sure like within like two seconds, all of them were dead. Just completely dead. Because you you can't just go running into a room and expect to to come out victorious in a situation like that. Well, it's a lot better than we usually do. Uh all right, comes up. ready guys. Oh my god, he just ran in. Save him! Oh gee, stick to the plane! Oh jeez. Let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. Stick to the plane, Jones. Stick to the plane. Oh gee, oh fuck. Get in my intervention. Hurry up. Shout out. He's saying I can't catch. I can't move with my lagging guy. I can't move. What the, what the hell? I can't aim. Oh my god. The Uggs keep taking that. More responding. I don't think you can cast with that shit. Oh my god. Shout out. I got it. I got it. I got it. Oh my god. God damn it, Leroy. God damn it. Leroy, you moron. Leroy. Leroy. This, this is ridiculous. So mass. I'm down. Forking down. God damn it. I should have killed before I could be died on this. God. See, Spiffy Rezus. Why do you do this shit, Leroy? I'm trying. Not my fault. Who's soul stoned? We do have a soul stone up, don't we? It's too far. Hey, I don't think you got uh, Oh god. Oh for Great job, Leroy, you were just stupid as hell. Oh man. At least I have chicken. Man, Kevin, I don't know. Are you ready for another?